Hey, what up? This is Aaron Goodwin. And on this week's Man About Town podcast, as a high school senior just over the hill in Livermore, this son of an FBI agent did something that these days would maybe get you killed, definitely get you put in jail or prison. It has to do with the mob. It has to do with lots of police cars skidding. The media showed up, bank robbery, then end up in the newspaper for your whole town to see. Well, Babyface, as they named him, always wanted to keep his nose clean. And that's why when I heard that story, I was like, no way. I found out to be, yeah way. Imagine being in a small little cafe off the beaten path and be so popular in your hometown of Manteca that these folks recognize you. It happened to the same guy. And what type of gift did he give his closest friends for their weddings? Manteca people are going to find out. He is a cancer survivor, four decades of teaching and coaching in Manteca Unified, starting at Lincoln and ending at Manteca High School. He was my history teacher in 1982 and just retired a few years ago. He's in the Manteca Hall of Fame and in the Manteca High School Hall of Fame. His story is next, with the likes of some heavy hitters who've been on the show, who had him in the background, where he sort of liked it. And I never knew in 1982 my teacher was actually getting started in the Walker, Vic, Mick, Founts, Art, Mathis systems. And it is a coaching legend all these years later. I've been made aware of it, so now let me talk to my history teacher, Mr. Miller, or as he's known on the gridiron or anywhere around Gus Schmidt Field, baseball, whatever mischief he gets into as a coach. Welcome him, Coach Jack Miller, on this week's Man About Town podcast. Justin Cohenberg picked that one for me. So I apologize for that version of the song. George Strait is a good guy in the white hat. King George, it's the best you get. We have no budget, as you've heard many times on the podcast, Coach. Uh, all good. All Tell good. everybody who you are. Hi, my name is uh, Jack Miller. Yep. I, uh, a, I taught at Manteca High School for 33 years. I coached there for 39. Been a resident of Manteca for 41. And... Uh, been lucky enough to raise my family here and spend my entire adult life in Manteca, California. Where were you born? I was born in Bristol, Tennessee. Bristol, Tennessee? Yeah. Are you a NASCAR fan? <laughs> You're not. No, no I'm not. <laughs> You're against the cut. No, uh, actually, we lived in Bristol, Virginia, but the hospital was in Tennessee. So I am a Tennessee volunteer originally. And they're close over the Virginia and Tennessee. Oh, it's the, the Bristols are close to each other, right? Oh, it's the, uh, it's main street. The center line of main street is the state line. Oh yeah. So, yep. Parents. Uh, my dad, Sam Miller yeah. uh, was, a 
an FBI special agent. Uh, just a heck of a guy. He Are you grew- sure you're not an FBI special agent? <laughs> no, he grew up on a on a small farm in uh, Modoc County, uh, up near Alturas. Uh, went to St. Mary's on a football scholarship and never went home. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Became a teacher, and uh, when World War II uh, broke out, then he became a uh, a Navy lieutenant on a destroyer. Met my mother, and and then after the war, uh, decided that. You know, he wanted to try something different. Uh, Mom, she worked outside the home occasionally. And after my dad retired, uh, she went to work in a bank for a short time and then uh, as a travel agent. Career woman. Yeah. Later in life. Yes. Spent two years in Virginia. Then the family moved to Pennsylvania for 10. So when I was 12 years old, 1966, uh, moved to Livermore, California. Hmm. What was it like? Culture shock? Oh, it was. Did you have the accent? Uh, you know, I don't know that there's much of a pencil. There's a Philadelphia accent, but I grew up outside of Pittsburgh. You say, you know, <laughs> like a, you heard me say it probably on one of these podcasts. You sound like a California dude. Oh, when I'm hearing the audio come back to me, I'm where is this? Kelly go, hey, you came from, you know, Pennsylvania. And how does it, how does it show up here? Yeah, man. Well, Yo, dude, I guess because you got here in 66, huh? Yeah, 66. And I, you know, I've spent most of my life here and I, I've hung around uh, 16 and 17 year olds most of my life. Dude. So, you know. They still say dude. I, everybody <laughs> says dude in the state. Sure. What was the difference? Uh, was the school different? Was it a bigger school? You were. I went from a Catholic elementary school, mm-hmm. which was pretty strict, mm-hmm. you know, to a uh, California public school, which in comparison was pretty laid back. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, when I moved, I had the requisite uh, flat top haircut. That changed real quick when I moved to California. Our parochial school, uh, dress code, didn't have any more dress code? or eat. In 66, there was a dress code. No, oh, okay. blue, no blue jeans. Oh, okay. Yeah, long pants. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, collared shirt. Did you raise heck in Livermore? Maybe a little, you know, like any like any other. Hey, don't youngster. forget, I've been talking to people now. See that that mild mannered response that you're not going, they're never going to get nothing out of Coach. Miller. Like, you know what? Me and Coach Miller are going to have a talk. Me and Mister Miller. I, I I will tell you that my primary interest was athletics. I played uh, football, uh, soccer, and baseball. When did you decide you were going to be a teacher? You know, that's a tough one. Like I told you, my dad taught for a few years before World War II. And I mean, that probably inspired me a little bit, but I think it probably first entered my mind when I was in high school. In fact, you know, that that senior slip you fill out that says, what will you be doing in five years? I doggone near called it. I, I, what did you put down? Dog I, catcher? No, no. I wrote down that I would be teaching high school history and coaching uh, football and baseball. Just like that. And- yeah, I, I didn't quite hit the timeline, but I came pretty close. It's called destiny meant for you. I've, I've enjoyed almost every minute of it. People say that to me. They go, Oh man, you got a great, you know, you've got a great voice for that. This all came about after 15 and 20 years. Naturally it was always good enough to be on the radio, but it takes a little bit like anything. Oh, you got to work at anything. Got to hone your craft. Got to hone That's your right. craft for sure. Um, where did you go to school? I went to Granada high school yeah. in Livermore right. and then uh, from there to UC Davis. Okay. Got my degree from there, took a year off to make some money to go back to school. And What'd got, you do? I worked at the, at the, at Livermore lab. Really? Yes. Son I, of an FBI man and work at the <laughs> San Diego no, lab. No, it wasn't very glamorous. Um, but did you open four doors like I, Get Smart to get into where you were at in those no, days? No? No, I was, I was a laborer. What kind of labor? Moving furniture. Yeah. So I used my history degree. 
you know, <laughs> to, to move office furniture for a year. But I made enough money to go back to Chico and get my credential. So you taught in Livermore a little bit before you came to Manteca and you ended up staying in Manteca. Why'd you leave Livermore? Why didn't you return maybe back to Livermore? I came here because uh, for one, there were jobs. Prop 13 had just been passed. It was tough to find a teaching job in 1977, 78. I think Jack Thompson was yep. in the same predicament, Prop Except, 13, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. After a year and a half and, and watching teachers teach for seven, eight, nine years and never have a full-time job, Manteca was, was a great opportunity. Who's that at your door? My name is Mike Parnass. Oh. After a 40-year career as a city manager, most, most of that in the uh, state of California, uh, my wife and I retired about three years ago and moved to Sisters, Oregon. Relationship with Jack, we've been lifelong friends going back many decades. He was like an extension of our family. He, he was around the house all the time, going particularly through high school. Went to family events when we had Thanksgiving. Anyone that knows Jack knows, won't question this. He, uh, he would have Thanksgiving early with his family. They head over to our house and he'd have our Thanksgiving uh, meal uh, later that evening. And uh, he could put it away in those days. And we met when Jack joined my CYO basketball team, CYO Catholic Youth Organization. It was in the sixth grade, which was many, many years ago, 55 plus. Yikes. I think that's when basketball was new. He had just moved to our hometown, Livermore, which is not far from Antica in the East Bay. Uh, he moved with his family in the, from Pennsylvania. Uh, Mike's folks were like like second parents uh, to me. They were great. I, I always had to laugh because people told me to be real careful when I was at his house because his dad could be really tough. His dad reminded me of my dad, which, you know, that strong, quiet, with that look on your face, like, don't mess with me. But in truth, they were just, you know, just great, solid guys that were fun to be around. You had an appetite football playing guy, huh? I, you know, for uh, not being very big, 145 pounds, <laughs> I could, uh, let's let's just say I ate dinner with the linemen. <laughs> Oh, well, that tells the story. <laughs> Through yeah. high school, like I said, we were we were together constantly. I was at either at his house or he was at mine, and we had all the same friends. Our college years, we saw each other. He went to the University of California, Davis, played football and was a fine student. Uh, he wound up marrying the prettiest and nicest girl in town, Mary Barr Miller, of course, now. I was one of Jack's groomsmen. Both the Millers and the Parnesses raised two boys each, and that gave us the opportunities to continue to get together and, and to remain very close. We went camping, sporting events, special occasions, uh, all of that we shared with the Millers. You're on a roll, Mike. What do I know to be true about Jack? In, in all seriousness, Jack, Jack hasn't changed much in all the years I've known him. And I'm saying that in the most positive way possible. Uh, his father, Sam, was a FBI agent, served as Jack's idol and his role model. I think that Jack's, all of his core values, his focus on excellence, his strong ethical standards that served as a foundation for his life, all stem from his relationship with his father, who was a great guy. During our school years, Jack was always the guy parents wanted to date their daughters. He's a great student, a great athlete, very good person. He was jokingly referred to by the guys in our group as Father Time. I don't think it was meant to be derogatory. It was, he, he simply wouldn't bend to peer pressure and almost always adhered to the rules and the expectations that were, that were in place at the, at the time. And yet he wasn't stuck up. He was, didn't have his nose in the air. He was, he was one of the guys. He just served as 
basically uh, someone with good judgment and a conscience, and uh, <laughs> was a, was a very valued member of our of our friends. What were they doing that you weren't doing? Well, they were just being high school kids, and sometimes they, you know, ended up in in Manteca. We'd say they were out in the orchard, okay, you know. <laughs> sure. And so, not that I never went with them, but I I tried to be the voice of reason at times. Would you have been in trouble if you came home? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to disappoint my my dad, that's for sure. sure. Uh, funny or embarrassing yeah. story about Coach Miller. Mm-hmm. I have a, a long list I'm trying to sort through, <laughs> but uh, one I, I think I can share. It may take a while because this was kind of complex. Uh, What's he going to say? So I'm guessing it's uh, probably the, the, the great bank heist of uh, 1971. Jack and I, as I indicated, were, were part of a, a group of oh, six to nine friends that were very close. Uh, we went to all the events together as a group. We right. socialized. Sure. Uh, we were all at the same parties together. Mm-hmm. And uh, in time, uh, people started uh, referring to us jokingly as the mob. This is something that came from, I think it was a, a faculty member initially. In response to that, we during the Christmas season, we went to the Salvation Army and we bought outfits, outfits that were reminiscent of the mobster movies. Uh, baggy suits with stripes, black shirts, white ties, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fedoras. Uh, we had cigars that were unlit. Right. Uh, and we, we, we then uh, disrupted a school assembly by walking through the... Uh, middle of the gym right across the while the while the assembly was going on we walked across the mid floor of the gym Uh, the crowd loved it we got a huge applause the the faculty not so much when it was over we went to lunch we were quite full of ourselves and someone got the bright idea to uh, visit uh, the bank of america it was down the street from our lunch spot as a group and see if uh, there'd be any kind of a reaction uh, well, some of us stood, we all en- entered this bank at the same time through two different entrances. No uh, two stood on each side of the door and put our hands in our pockets. Three guys uh, came forward and, w- and walked to the uh, middle of the bank and, and started writing a note. Um, I noticed everybody was getting quiet all of a sudden. Uh, when the three approached <laughs> the teller, no everyone in line before in front of the teller uh, stopped talking and moved out of their way and gave them direct access to the teller. <laughs> it, it was clear some were taking this more seriously than it was intended. <laughs> uh, the note that was given to the teller said, Merry Christmas from the mob. We ran out of the bank to the waiting cars and we went down the street uh, to our normal lunch spot, which is a Wiener Schnitzel, or a, we used to call it the Weenie House. We were laughing and, sh- and sharing high fives when we saw every police car in town flying down the road. Uh, they went right past us and we noticed they saw us. And uh, it, uh, that even included the parking enforcement officer who was driving his little three-wheel vehicle. Uh, all their lights were engaged and they slid into the parking lot of the Bank of America. We, we got a lot quieter. They all came out of the bank and headed right for us. They surrounded us with about six police cars and 12 officers, including the chief. Of course, they, they didn't share our sense of amusement. And we were lectured for about, quite quite appropriately, uh, we were lectured for about half an hour about how dangerous the it had been, how clueless we all were. Apparently, some of the bank personnel were freaked out. The gal that pushed the silent alarm 
gave them a real bad time and, and was very upset. Um, they also told us that the police, the parking enforcement checker almost rolled his, uh, his vehicle responding under emergency conditions. City newspaper was office was directly across the street and they saw all the police activity and thought something big must be happening. So they, they sent a, a couple of reporters and a photographer. Our picture and a story appeared in the paper the next day, unfortunately. Uh, e each of us was, uh, was given, they, they took the picture of, of us standing in line with the police all around us, same, same line the police put us in. In the story that they wrote, they gave each of us a new nickname. I was Thumper Parnass, and Jack, as I recall, was Babyface Miller. Perfectly aware that if this happened today, we'd we never would have made it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. That's a true Where's story. Where's the picture? Do you have a copy? I don't know where it is. That's what Mike said. Yeah, all going to go ahead and go with that response. It huh? is around somewhere, but he yeah, said the same. Still thing. exists. The uh, yeah, my dad wasn't real happy my as goodness. one of his jobs was to handle bank robberies. So, yeah, whose that, idea was it? I don't remember. It wasn't yours. I don't know that it was or wasn't, to be honest, but obviously it wasn't such a great idea. One of those times you shouldn't have been following. Yep. And, and held strong, Coach. The uh, the side story is that nine years later, when um, Mary and uh, my engagement picture showed up in the newspaper, one of the co-workers of Mary's dad brought that picture to him at work and showed it to him. And he said, do you really know who your daughter's marrying? So it almost bit me again. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to define Jack's value to the community. As, as I indicated previously, he, he's one of those few people that command respect and admiration through all of his interactions. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have as a teacher for my children. Uh, he's strong yet caring. He sets high goals and then achieves those goals with focus, with consistency. He's also one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet, and he's a tremendous friend. His uh, decades of coaching young people alone, he was devoted his life to developing young people through academics and athletics. Uh, and in developing those people, they become a greater contributors to their, their school, their city, and society. Uh, you can't go anywhere with Jack in Manteca without his being recognized, not only by young people, but by people that went to school decades ago and, and were able to glean value from their relationship with Jack. In a day when teachers are undervalued, Jack Miller's an example of how much positive impact a teacher and a coach can have. Is he a confidant of yours? We still hang out a lot. In fact, we were just up in Oregon. Robin Banks. Uh, yeah, no. Babyface no, and Thumper out. It's, uh, a, it's a little more reserved now. It's high praise. I'll tell you, Mike is one of the most respected city managers in the entire state of California. So, kind words. Yeah. Is there anything uh, that I would like to say about Jack that, I'd, that he, you didn't ask me? This provided me an opportunity to... Um, share a lot of my thoughts and observations about Jack that I haven't shared with him in the past. Uh, I appreciate that opportunity. I, I like to uh, explain uh, my admiration for Jack and to thank him for a lifetime of friendship. It uh, means a lot to me. And uh, he's someone I point to as, as an example of um, someone that says a great, a great path others should follow. Back in those days, you met the wife too, huh? 
Yeah, uh, a, a few years later. A few yeah. years later. Yeah, we didn't know each other in, in high school after I had finished college. Go ahead, step yeah. in. My name is Mary Miller, Mary. and I am a recently retired director of sales for a pharmaceutical company, and I am also lucky enough to be Jack Miller's wife. Jack and I have two sons and uh, two beautiful daughters-in-law, and we're the grandparents of uh, three grandchildren. Tell me about how you guys got hooked up together, Mary. The short answer is Jack and I met through mutual friends. But a few more details is uh, we grew up in Livermore. We went to rival high schools. I went to Livermore High and Jack went to Granada High. I do kiddingly remind Jack that I went to the Manteca High of our hometown (laughs) and he went to the East Union of our hometown. But Jack was three years ahead of me and we did not know each other through any of our school years. There must have been some kind of magical chemistry, though, (laughs) between our two high school classes. Um, As four or five of my best high school girlfriends married four or five of his best high school friends. Weird. So we kept running into each other at gatherings and parties and weddings. When I was 23 and Jack was 26, we started dating. I was living in Livermore and Jack had already started teaching and was living in Manteca. And a year later in 1981, uh, we were married and began our lives together in Manteca. So that's your wife. Oh, Tell me about Mary Miller. Well, first of all, as I tell everyone, I am I am the luckiest man in the world. I'm the luckiest man in the world. <laughs> it's- it is. It's true. I'm the luckiest man in the way. If it's true, then my wife is. Well, <laughs> so it can't really be that. Well, then that we're, cut we're, and dry the, we're the luckiest men in the world. Then so. she said that uh, you, you in Livermore, she went to the right high school. Where did that come from in Manteca about wearing the city on your chest? I've heard it from a few different coaches. Do you know where it originated? I don't. Well, my guess and, and it could have come from before, but I first heard it from Art Mathis. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and listen, uh, you go to Manteca high. Now that there's an East union, that's all right. We still have the city's name on our <laughs> chest and you better represent that city. That Coach is winner. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In fact, art would, uh, uh, before the East Union game, he would always, uh, you know, have the guys pause, you know, in like a post-practice, uh, uh, little discussion. And he would point to the, uh, water tower, which you can see from the practice field at Manteca high. And he would, just simply say, that's the name that's on this town. So, it's a great story. Yeah, Art. Art is a. Art was a great guy and a great mentor. So you brought Mary to Manteca. I did. Yeah, and uh, shoot, uh, it, it. You know, it immediately was just. It was awesome. I mean, we we uh, had friends that were our age, uh, the Thompsons, the Hardcastles, uh, the Lees. You know, and I know if I start mentioning names, I'm going to leave people out, but you know, they were about our age. We were starting families. We were, uh, you know, imagine, and and you're all the guests on my podcast. What a great crew of folks. (laughs) I'll tell you, it was, I mean, really, it was a great, it was a great crew. And, uh, we supported each other. We, uh, you know, we helped raise each other's kids. It was, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's, it's been a wonderful ride. What's true about Jack, Mary? I would say, What you see is what you get with Jack. His public persona is one of quiet strength. He's kind and he's engaging and he is a gentleman. He does not change at home or behind closed doors. That's who he is. Solid, respectful, and loving always. Jack had a solid foundation growing up. 
a strong sense of right and wrong, likely shaped from growing up as the son of an FBI special agent. Jack's dad, Sam, was a truly wonderful man and role model, a strong man and a true gentleman. And I can see so much of him in Jack, especially as we grow older. This is not to say that Jack doesn't know how to let loose and have a good time. He loves to laugh and thoroughly enjoys gatherings with our kids and with our good friends. He has the reputation of being the all-time best Manhattan maker, and he enjoys sipping on a Manhattan, or maybe two, on occasion. <laughs> she's great. What a great voice. Oh, she- I had to send her back a text and go, really? You know, come on, because she's got the... What we call in the radio business, that's the word economy. Uh, Okay. There's a lot of ways to say stuff, but you got to say it differently each time you say it. So using the correct words and and the amount, you can easily not. uh But she's... uh, Oh, no, she's incredible at that. I hate to, and I hate to say anything about all the people who have sent in their audio, but... Mary Miller takes the cake. Uh, well, she's very special. I'll tell you. She very... takes the cake there. You know him best, Mary. How about a funny story? Well known among our Livermore friends, yeah. but something few in Manteca might know. What is it? Is that Jack had a stint as a wedding singer. I'm not exactly sure how it got what? started, but in the late 1970s and early 1980s, when all our friends were getting married... Uh, by the way, everyone had live bands at their receptions in those days. No DJs. Hey! But Jack was called on stage at every one of our friends' weddings to sing. He really does have a very nice voice, although the song selection was limited to one song. And it was the same song every time. Yeah. I left my heart in San Francisco. The highlight of his wedding career came when one of his good friends married a native San Franciscan from a large Italian traditional family. There was Jack on stage in the Sons of Italy Club in San Francisco (laughs) singing I Left My Heart in San Francisco with all the bride's old Italian aunts and relatives just swooning over him. He was a big hit, and although all his wedding singing performances were memorable, this one was truly special. Why is Jack Miller a treasure to Manteca? Strong character, steady, calm, engaging, and fun. But to expand on that as it relates to Manteca, and obviously from my very unbiased perspective, Jack was and is completely dedicated to Manteca High School. And I have to say, it was as important to him to be the absolute best history teacher he could be, as well as to be the best coach he could possibly be. He approached the two with equal dedication and commitment, and I don't think either job suffered because of the other, which he was determined to have as the case, which meant he equally impacted the lives of both his students and his players. It also meant he spent countless days and nights planning, preparing, and grading papers for his history students, including all the extra work and dedication required to properly teach and prepare his AP history students. While doing that, he also spent countless hours planning, preparing, and grading film for players. Jack literally, positively touched the lives of tens of thousands of young people in Manteca. And then there is the on-field coaching. Jack's approach to coaching is that of a teacher. He's not a yeller or a screamer, but someone who inspires by being positive, by being enthusiastic and supportive, 
and trusting by being focused, goal-oriented, and always respectful. I think with that approach, he gained the same respect and trust from his players and from his fellow coaches. And that all allowed them to work harder together. I know this to be true, as we are both still, to this day, approached on an almost daily basis, whenever we're out in Manteca or anywhere around Manteca, by former students, by former players, and or their parents. They'll actively go out of their way to come up to us and say thank you to Coach Miller. They'll also let him know that he inspired them to teach or to coach and let him know what a lasting impact he had on their lives. It was very gratifying and lots of fun, I might add, for Jack to eventually teach and or coach with many former students and players. And many of them have become great friends too. And it fills me with great pride. And I know it fills Jack with a lot of pleasure and happiness too. Would you like to say something to him that you never told him? Well, after 40 years of marriage, there really isn't anything I haven't told Jack. What I will say here is exactly how I started the beginning of this. I am lucky enough to be Jack's wife. And we've built a wonderful life together. Our two sons, Sam and Kevin, had to look no further than their own home to see a daily role model of a kind, loving, respectful, and supportive husband and father. He was a great teacher to them too. I can see so much of that in the lives our sons are building. Sam with his wife, Gina, and our three absolutely beautiful grandchildren, McKenna, Colton, and Kyson, and Kevin, who recently married his beautiful bride, Stacy, and they're starting their lives together now. I have no doubt that they are and will be great husbands and fathers because they grew up with someone who modeled a balance of dedication to his family and to his profession. He showed them a strong work ethic and strong values. And who could ask for more than that as either a wife or a child, I think. I'm also grateful to Mantika for providing us with the perfect backdrop to build this life together. A great place to raise our kids and to make lifelong dear and treasured friends. So in closing, I would simply say to Jack, raise your Manhattan glass and cheers to you. I love you, Jack. Dry my eye a little bit. Me as well. Who is your mentor? I've truly been blessed with with a ton of them. I mentioned Art Mathis, Walker Vick. His dad, number one? Well, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, it started at home with, with, That's my, number with one. my dad. You bet. Then into the coaching <clears throat> arena for these guys. You come to Manteca to find more mentors or were there more, more in Livermore? Well, I no, I had I had some wonderful teachers and coaches. Uh, in are the, they still uh, alive? Uh, a few of them are. Shout them out. Yeah. Well, they're still alive, gosh darn it. Well, uh, Matt Madrid, who lives here in town, um, across town, uh, George Wilson was my head football coach. Dennis Berger, I coached with and was a great uh, Tom Favero. Uh, no, I Kevin Drake. It's just some wonderful guys from Livermore that helped get me started. And when I came here, Clay Johnson at Lincoln Elementary when I first started, and uh, Terry Fix. Because uh, you got all the history guys. Oh man, yeah. Uh, but people like D. Helpingstein and Vanessa Knapp. Mick, you know, Mick and I are the same age, but he had a few more years of experience. So, you know, he helped show me the ropes when I first got there. Lorraine Goff, um, Joe Handy. I mean, 
I, I can remember one day in class, uh, one of my students said to me, uh, you know, Mr. Miller, you're, you're starting to remind me of Joe Handy. Oh my God. And I, I stopped and I went over to the grade book and opened it up. And I said, uh, you know, I don't care what you do the rest of the quarter. You have an A, you know, to be to even be mentioned in the same sentence with Joe. I apologize. I wasn't a better student in class. Coach. No, it's, believe me, I I enjoyed. You know, kids come in all shapes and sizes and colors and interests, and I got a kick out of all kids. Did you swap me out to fix? Did you, did fix get the losers of the class, no. or was he the next year? That's uh, was that the it, following? I know I had you. Did, I, did you get me out of your class? No, I get didn't this, get you out of my. Get this moron out of here. No. no. You know, there were some poor kids from Lincoln, and I felt bad when some when they graduated. They were they were stuck with me. One class was stuck with me in seventh grade history, eighth grade softball, freshman baseball, sophomore world history, US history, and varsity football. I didn't realize you coached at Lincoln. I didn't realize yeah. you taught at Lincoln. I two years when I first moved to town. What years are those? I missed uh, you on those. That would have been I oh, yeah, got I here you. in the fall of seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here comes one that was a guest just a few weeks ago. A lot of people know this guy outside of Manteca, but we know him here as Kenny. My name is Ken Huckabee. I'm a former Major League Baseball player, former Manteca Buffalo, class of 1989. And Coach Miller was my football coach for my years at Manteca High. You know, his wife said when she came to town, it was the first time she heard anybody call him Kenny. He was, yeah. he was, you know, Ken, the dashing stud in the bar where they met, right? Right. Spring, Spring training. training. Yeah. She goes, and I happened into this one. Man, you happened <laughs> into this bar. And look, the team happens to be here. I met Coach back in 1985. He was the varsity offensive coordinator. I was a freshman quarterback. And so we really just knew each other on name basis. He'd come down just to kind of check up on, see what we were doing, if we were running the offense the right way. Then he'd go back to his side. Back then, they had the three fields out there uh, behind Geschmidt Field, and the freshmen were on the far, far end over in right field of the baseball field now. And so Coach Coach Miller would check on the sophomores, check on us, and then, you know, so we got to meet him then. And then before my junior year coming in is when our relationship started really starting to get a little bit more deep, being that, going into my varsity season. What's true about Coach? Go ahead. A few things I know to be true about Coach. One is that if you want a straight answer, ask him a straight question, and, and he's going to give you exactly how it is. He's he's going to be PC with his answer, but he's gonna he's not going to whitewash anything and, uh, and come at you from different angles. He's going to hit you straight in the face with, with the question that you ask, and that's, that's one of the things I always admired about him is that he never really – never really – pulled punches he told you how it was and as a young athlete growing up a young high school student i'm sure that there was a ton of student athletes that appreciated that about coach and that's what makes him so endearing is that he's not mean he's not mean-spirited but he's honest and how could you not want someone like that in your life where'd you learn that trait from i think i learned it in two ways one you know probably goes back to my dad and i had a couple really good coaches in high school and i've mentioned their name when you play sports long enough you've run into a few people who you do not want to emulate. There were a couple of occasions where I wasn't told, you know, what I thought was the truth. And I think that I promised myself I would try not to do that. What else do you know? I also know that he loves his family and he's very, very devoted to his family and they mean the world to him. He's 
Coach is funny because you, you look at him and, and it's like, and honest to God, it's like leave it to Beaver. It's like him and, and Mary. It's like the perfect little household with the two perfect boys on the perfect little house and the orchards. And it's like, I'm surprised I didn't name them Beaver and Wally, uh, Kevin and, and Sammy. But it's, it's it's that kind of dynamic that they put off and it's it's, it's endearing and it makes you want to be around them and, and, and hang out with them. And Give me a funny story. I really only have one and he probably doesn't even remember it because it happened, I think, the summer or the spring before my senior year so the spring of my junior year anyone that knows coach well knows that he's not a swearer he doesn't curse a whole lot he doesn't he might drop a damn a shit or a golly gee or a, or something cussing. like that but he does he's not really into the a, a foul mouth human being he's just a good guy so he doesn't really swear that much and so we were doing receiver drills and the, we were throwing passes to him and they used to have this tape that they would put down on the line that had center guard tackle and as the quarterbacks we'd work from the center and then do our dropbacks and throw passes and the receivers were told when they after they caught their pass or dropped their pass whichever the case they're supposed to run it back put it down to coach miller who was being the center and focus completely on the quarterbacks on on our drops and making sure our footwork is right and throwing the passes while the receiver coach was working with the receivers on their routes so there's <laughs> one one pass comes in and as i step up step up to, to take the next snap, one of the receivers just, just throws a ball in. And I'm not lying to you when I say the point of that ball hit coach right in the side of the face. The F word and a few other explicitives came out directed towards that player. And it was like, holy cow. It's like, coach just swore, coach just swore. It's like, you go back to school the next day, I heard Coach Miller swear, I heard Coach Miller swear. And you go around, and it was Gary because you have never seen him that mad since or before. And it was it was unbelievable how upset he was because the kid didn't follow directions, and he wore it in the face. Funny now, because it's... 30 years later but in the moment it was it was pretty flicking square scary uh when it happened oh i'm i'm sure it did you know the funny part is is i do not remember really this story but i'm sure i'm sure it's true and um, you know a kid a teenager knows when he sees that role model get out of character that's a major league baseball player that worships the ground you walk on and uh, you're part of the reason he became a major league baseball player well would you say that i i would you know, one can only hope Football, that one whatever. can only hope that you play, you know, a small part in it. Um, Huck is such a great guy and was and as a as a young guy, uh, you know, you could see that he was going to be good at something. I mean, you didn't know if it was going to be Major League Baseball. In fact, we thought that he was going to be a Division One college quarterback right. until he got injured. Right. You know, I, I heard your podcast about Huck and yeah. and everything everybody said about him is is true. He is he's just an outstanding human being. Are they calling you right too? Is it true so far on your podcast? <laughs> I, I don't know. People are being awfully nice to me. So I know that. one guy <laughs> that played football that I thought would go on to be the beast in my class eighty two and graduating eighty six is Tim Beatty. Yeah. I am a class of nineteen eighty six Manteca High School graduate. Stud. And I played under Coach Miller the seasons of nineteen eighty four and eighty five and had the distinct pleasure of coaching with him on the nineteen ninety one varsity football staff under Bob Lee, along with Greg Leland and Ron Benson. Memory serves right. I'm pretty sure we met when I was in eighth grade. I'd go watch 
Buffalo varsity practice during the summers when I was able. And then our player-coach relationship began in the summer of 1982, which led into my freshman year of high school and our relationship evolved into my early adulthood. I'm sorry, coach. I get the tick when I hear Beanie's <laughs> voice. I know you've probably heard that story a thousand times. Ugh, I know the bottom of his shoe. That's about it. I went to school with the guy through St. Anthony's all the way into, and I know the bottom of the shoe. Joe Diaz's cleat bottom. And oh. then first Adam Weil or Kelly Hall's cleat bottom. Those are- and then it was Joe Diaz come through and knocked the poor guy. And then you just... Beatty would stomp over you and be gone. And, you know, I got Aaron Turner. That whole Cowboys team came up, and I'd never played a drop of football. And Watson's coaching, and Greg and Jeff Watson are best friends. So Watson's been in my house forever, and I'm the dummy defense middle linebacker. And that Jeff John, I mean, I could just go on. That pitcher, if you go look at that pitcher, and it's not just because it was my team. You go look at that picture. This was a heavy team of heavy hitters oh, every from one. the Pop Warner. You know, Brian Downey and Clarky and yep. uh, Chris Kiner. You, There's some some old boys there oh, that could kick some ass. Every one of those names uh, brings back and extremely, I just, I extremely fond memories. Bottom of the cleats, coach. That's all I know from <laughs> these guys. I just see the, see the grass and, you know, BD32 across, you know. <laughs> well, that was Tim. First, it was Diaz. I'm 5'1", 120. I'm, you know, I'm nothing. I started getting the tick. I yeah. had to let you know what was going on there as I was ticking through that. Those guys can play football. <laughs> oh, boy, could they? When you were growing up, Tim, you knew him? I knew him from afar as a coach at Mantique High School when I was in grade school, but I didn't really get exposed to him until... You exposed yourself? What? <laughs> get exposed to him until... My time with him was brief in comparison um, to other guests, I'm sure, Aaron, you're going to interview and talk with. But his influence on me was profound. There were times that 91 season that he really took me under his wing and he mentored me. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. As that season went along, he took me under his wing. He mentored me. Um, and I thought that was uh, incredibly life-giving of him. As the season went along, he continued to groove me and he's groomed me rather. And as he gained some trust, uh, you know, he'd ask my opinion on certain situational down to distance stuff and things like that. It made me feel valued. And he made everyone around him raise their game because the last thing he wanted to do was uh, was to disappoint Jack. My filthy mind exposed and groomed, as you see. <laughs> I've been so lucky in my career to uh, have been around uh, great guys like Tim and um, honestly, I mean, they're, I mean, they're so nice to say how they, you know, how their lives might've been affected by me. Well, it's, it's true the other way too. I mean, I'm a better person because I've been around Tim Beatty because I've been around Ken Huckabee. I mean, they, they made me raise my game because they felt so, you know, they were so into it and so passionate about it that I didn't want to let them down. So, you know, truly value what they've done for me. What do you know to be true about Jack? He's incredibly consistent and calm. He's a very measured guy. He kept his emotions in check. I've rarely seen him upset, but he'd always find a way to get his point across, would always close and find something positive to say to get you back on track. Um, He was consistent. And his coaching aspect, too, with the way he called plays or something was working, he would ride it. He was always well ahead of the, any defensive coordinators we played against. I'd also say he's incredibly humble. 
your interviewing expertise is going to be put on test uh, yeah. to try to get him to say anything about his accomplishments. Uh, he'll speak very little about himself and more about those who have influenced him, his friends and uh, his family. Let me show you how easy this is, Tim. Tell me about some of your accomplishments, coach. My two sons, Mary and I, I think have raised two great kids. I, tried- I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> I this is Sam Miller, Jack Miller's oldest son. Oh, here's one. What do you know to be true about Jack? I know he loves his family, his friends, and he loved coaching and teaching at Manteca High. Tell me a super funny, maybe embarrassing story about Coach Miller. Well, it's not super funny, and it's definitely not embarrassing, but we always joke no matter where we go in the world, someone is going to know Mr. Miller or Coach Miller or Jack. Could be an old high school acquaintance, could be someone he taught or someone he coached, but no matter where we're at, someone always seems to yell across the room or walking down a street, Mr. Miller or Coach Miller, someone always knows my dad. I get it all the time. I imagine you can't even walk around this town without... Well, three times, uh, three times, every time you leave the house, three times to me, it's it, to me, it's a real positive. I would have other teachers tell me, you know, isn't it difficult living in the same town you teach in? And I would try to explain to them that it's a real positive thing. Uh, when I go to the store, uh, the people that would bag my groceries would be my students or my football players. Um, it was also a reason why I never bought alcohol in the town of Manteca. <laughs> That's the story that uh, Dave Soweth, I don't know if you heard Mr. Soweth from East Union, Not told the story. He came in and someone told him, hey, don't buy your liquor in town because well, it, they'll know about it. The principal's office. And sure enough, he went to Minor Mart, lived behind Foster Freeze, behind Foster's Freeze. Those apartments had a party at his house, went to Minor Mart. It was in the principal's office the following Monday. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, the fact that you said that is so. Yeah. Well, the other thing was, <laughs> you know, as a 16 or 17 year old kid, I'm not sure they know the difference between you know, having a beer in the evening and going to the orchard, right. you know, to them. Sure. So I didn't want to be you know, walking out of Save Mart with a six pack or two and the next day in oh, class. Oh, coach. They, oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. coach. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 coach. Why is Jack Miller a treasure to Manteca? Well, I think it's all the lives he's had an impact on. You know, he's a history teacher and a football coach. And I think he used both of those to teach lessons, to teach people to be consistent and do your job and Always, uh, always show up and, and be there for uh, your teammate and the person next to you. I'm so ignorant to history. I feel so bad that I didn't learn. Your class was the one that I probably could have learned. So Fix, Johnson, those guys. And I just wasn't interested. You know, I wish I knew now because I'm the most. Now that we have all these things going on around the world and I'm dumb Manteca boy with no, no nothing. I can tell you the George Strait catalog. Right. But I can't tell you the, the capital of Greece. I think one of the things I learned uh, as I taught, I mean, I didn't know it when I started or realize it, or, but, you know, everybody has different interests. And I can't tell you how many times people have told me as adults the same thing. I wish I had paid uh, greater attention. Was it the right time in my age? Exactly. I don't, think. I don't know. So my job as I, as I matured as a teacher was to try to find Uh, you know, some kind of hook for all kids. You know, if you're into music, then I learned as I, once again, as I 
uh, taught longer, I started introducing more music into my classroom. For instance, we're, we're studying the 1920s. Well, they'd walk into class and I'd have jazz knocking them out back out of the classroom. I mean, the teachers next door would complain because it was uh, too loud. I don't know if the class was that fun when I was in it. Maybe you should have played more music from <laughs> well, the 20s. And like I said, I've been trying to scratch the coach. I've been up there wiki, wiki, wiki trying to scratch. It was the wrong time. Well, it, and I think I learned also that I, that would have been awesome. And I, I had kids do that. Well, can I bring this? Well, yeah, as long as it, you know, as long as it doesn't have this word in it, you're, you're bring it. Let's it really it. opened Coach Fountain's eyes to the non-traditional way of kids oh, learning. With, and that's how he sort of catapulted into what he did, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, it's things you don't know, you know, as a youngster, or as a young teacher. And then as you get older, you learn a few things. Yeah. Anything you never told your dad, Sammy? You know, I always enjoyed having him as my coach. He was a great little league coach, great uh, youth basketball coach, and our teams were always much better when he was coaching. And also, I tell him all the time, but I love playing catch with him in the backyard. Loved when he was my coach at Manteca High. That was pretty special. He always brings it up. He would always thank our family. As a coach, you sacrifice hours and hours away to teach those young people when uh, you could be at home with your own kids. I think we always enjoyed it. We always enjoyed being part of the uh, Manteca family and what he was doing. And and I always joke, when I was younger, I wanted to be Donnie Morgan or Joey Sandoval. And, uh, you know, I looked up to Paul Ribeiro and Brian Lucas and Robert Miller, and we got to go to Dodger Stadium and see Ken Huckabee play. And just a lot of great things came out of it. Uh, Him coaching and teaching and just had a real positive impact on, on my life. And we've talked about it before, but that is definitely something that I would want to tell him. We were talking about your kids, and uh, I went into Sammy's bit. What were you going to say about uh, one of your best accomplishments? So you're not going to tell me about any of your accomplishments, but you rock with the kids. Tell me about Sammy first. Sam was uh, Sam is our oldest. Sam, and, sorry, is he? No, Sam no, no. He, okay. uh, you know, actually, he's he goes by Sammy. Okay, good. Uh, okay. But you know, I, I usually have about seven names for most everybody. Sam was not only an outstanding student, but also just a gifted athlete. You know, he was an all-league quarterback. He ended up being a a scholarship uh, baseball player at Nevada. I think I want to see you and Coach Thompson fight, and then your boys, just pick two of the three, have the boys fight, have like a a shuttle match or whatever. Just see everybody start to, you guys run such a parallel line. You got such a a straight line that is so similar. It's spooky. We're good friends, and uh, our families grew up together. Uh, Jack actually is Sammy's godfather, uh, and Paula is his godmother. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time together. Sammy even mentioned... uh, coaching him in CYO basketball. Sure. Jack and I did that together. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we, uh, I have, you know, the utmost respect and, and love the Thompson family. And how about Kevin? Kevin is, you know, when I hear Huck describe his early life of being the little guy and then grew into the big guy, your boy. yes. Uh, well, so Kevin was like Huck in that respect. Uh, when Kevin was a freshman and at Manteca, he was one of the smallest guys on the team, okay. played wide receiver. And by the time he graduated, he was almost six foot tall. Now he's six, three. Uh, my boys love having their picture taken with dad standing in the middle. Uh, yeah. So they can rest their arm on my shoulder, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> but, uh, Kevin also outstanding athlete, 
he was the valedict. Uh, he was the salutatorian of his class. Real sharp kid. Here, I Hi, Kevin Miller. Yeah. Jack Miller is my dad. A lot of, a lot of great times. Well, he's got great voice. Uh, hey, hey, man. Hi, this is Kevin Miller. Hey, Kevin. Hi, this is Kevin Miller. Jack Miller is my dad. A lot of, a lot of great times as kids. You know, a lot of sports. A lot of running around the backyard. A lot of learning about history. Uh, wherever we we traveled to, we always made sure to go to the museums and and really um, look at that place from a historical perspective and my dad always had stories to tell given that you know he was a history teacher for so long wow that's interesting go go on a vacation and ah you know this is the found in 16 do you have a ton of that information stowed away or is it uh, in the book no i do and uh but also i do my research before we go as well so yeah they were uh, they were students on vacation. <laughs> What's true about your dad? One thing I know to be true about my dad is that he is great at helping others become the best version of themselves. Growing up, he always pushed me to excel in sports and academics. He did it in a way that was that was always motivational. He never raised his voice, even though he probably wanted to quite a few times when I didn't put in, uh, you know, the best, my best effort to what, whatever it was I was doing at the time. He just really made sure that we always tried our best, and and that's I think what he did for others as well. Continue, Kev. Uh, why is Jack Miller a treasure to Manteca? Uh, my dad is a treasure to Manteca because. Uh, he treated every student in his classroom and every player, whether it be on the baseball or the football field, uh, the same way that he treated my brother and I. Uh, he was always willing to put in the extra time and effort to help teach his players and students. You know, cared about every single person that he was either coaching or, or was in his classroom. With how many people passed through my dad's classroom or were coached by him over the, the course of, of 40 years, so, you know, probably thousands, if not close to, you know, 10,000 students and players. There may not be anyone that has positively impacted more people in the city of Manteca. It's really cool what my what my dad has done and just how the effect that he's had on so many people throughout his career. When you hear that, do you realize they're paying attention a little bit closer than maybe you thought? Sure. I don't think you ever know the impact you're going to have while it's uh, going on. Are you kidding? It's, it's so gratifying. And uh, as you get older, I think these are the things that uh, are real special to you. Tell me something you think's funny. Pretty much wherever we go, whether it be in Manteca, here we go again. Whether it's, yep. whether it's out to dinner or you know the, the golf course or whatever it may be, my dad's going to run into multiple people <laughs> that he knows, and not just Manteca, but when we are in Tracy or we're in Reno or we're in Williamsburg, uh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> or we're in the Dominican Republic, or you know my parents are in Europe. Pretty much, there's a, about a 95% chance that my dad is going to run into someone that he's either coached or taught or knows somehow through the Manteca community, which, uh, yeah, it's, it, we always make fun of him for it, but uh, it's, it's really cool because just to see how many people he's positively impacted and, and how many people that want to come up and, and talk to him. And, you know, when he sees people 30 years after they've been in this classroom, he, he still treats them the same exact way. He asks them how they're doing, uh, what they're up to, to today, because he still, you know, really cares about, you know, how, how they're doing and, and and about them every once in a while that far away we were in (laughs) we were in a little off the beaten path out of the way little restaurant in rome (laughs) no way and walked into 
uh, and oh, walked into a family from Manteca. No it is kind of cool, though. I mean, like you <laughs> mentioned, in Disneyland, I get it Monterey, yeah. and uh, and once again, I, you know, it's I I always thank them because I, you know, I'm I'm sure there's people they might see and go the other way. So it's nice when they come up and say hello. Absolutely. My name is Justin Cronenberg, yep. and I'm a uh, U.S. history teacher and coach at Manteca High School. Um, to be honest, Jack has meant many things to me over the years, but I, I think the best way to describe our relationship now is, is simply good friends. Kind of interesting how I met Jack, I guess. I first heard about him years ago when I was in high school. I went to a different high school in town, but I had some good buddies who played football. And back then, I believe he was referred to as Miller Light. And I just remember hearing about this this Coach Miller, Coach you know Miller Light, and, and what a great coach he was. Fast forward years later, I'm in the credential program. Um, was able to choose who I was going to student teach for, and uh, for me it was easy decision. I chose you know Jack Miller, and it was there he became uh, my mentor as a teacher, as a U.S. history teacher, and eventually that mentorship evolved. Justin is a great history teacher at Manteca High School. Uh, he is an outstanding uh, soccer coach. He's coached both the girls and the guys at Manteca High. He's won section championships there. He's one of those, one of the many, I think, in teaching that um, that do much more than required. Every year, his girls' soccer team has a, a cancer benefit game where they pick a person in the community who's struggling with cancer and all the proceeds from the game and all the it's cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's, you know, he's much more than a teacher. Did you know Jack growing up? I've hung around Jack long enough, and I've heard uh, plenty of Jack Miller stories. And so even though I didn't grow up with him, I know all about him growing up in uh, Pennsylvania and moving out here to California and living in, in Livermore in his high school days. So even though I did not uh, grow up with Jack, <laughs> I kind of feel like I did. What do you know to be true about Jack Miller? Jack Miller wears a lot of hats. Um, you know, besides the staples of just being a, a great husband and father, you know, Jack's part academic, part gentleman, part coach, part storyteller, great cook, uh, which some people may not know, a little bit of cowboy in him even. Um, but most of all, you know, you know, to me, like I said, he's a, he's a great friend. He's, he's someone I'm, I'm proud to call my friend. I think what the best describes Jack is there's a George Strait song called Troubadour. And over the years, I've coined that uh, the Jack Miller song because I think it describes him. Tell me a funny story about Jack Miller. I got some good Jack Miller stories. Um, some he may not appreciate me telling, so I'm probably not going to. But the guy has an infatuation with gloves. And I don't know what it is, but say I'm going over there to help him move some wood. Okay, all right, yeah, maybe you need some gloves. Okay. Uh, moving a refrigerator. Yeah, probably not, but doesn't matter. He gloves up. Uh, <laughs> moving a small fire pit across the yard. Gloves not necessary, but doesn't matter. Jack Miller gloves up, and he always <laughs> offers gloves. Justin, you need some gloves? Uh, no, no, Jack, I'm, I'm good. So I don't know what it is. The guy loves to put gloves on doing anything. He said, hey, Justin, you want some gloves? I played that. I was, who was I talking to last night? And I'm like, oh, man, you got to hear this. This is the funniest damn thing. The guy has an infatuation with gloves. Boom, and I don't know what it point. is, but say I'm going over there to help him 
Move some wood. Listen to the way he okay, says it. All right. Yeah, maybe you need some gloves. Yeah, maybe. Uh, moving a refrigerator. Right. Yeah, probably not, but it sure. doesn't matter. He gloves up. Gloves. Uh, moving a small fire pit across the yard. Gloves not necessary, but doesn't matter. Oh. Jack Miller gloves up, and he always offers gloves. Justin, you need some gloves? <laughs> uh, no, no, Jack, I'm, I'm good. So I don't know what it is. The guy loves to put gloves on doing anything. Well, I was, I didn't. That's the one damn thing that I didn't bring. I was going to throw you some gloves Glove. to catch it on the video, and I didn't bring them, Coach. Tell me what's your infatuation with gloves. You've hurt your hand. Uh, Obviously, you've hurt your hand. I must have. Uh, uh, you whether didn't realize it's, that? Whether it's being an old quarterback or, <laughs> you know, now I try to golf a little bit. The last thing you want to do is mess those hands up. So, <laughs> a, Hey, Justin, you need some gloves? <laughs> oh, I thought that was a good one. Guilty as charged. So, Second thing is his amazing... Social awareness. We call it Jack Miller social awareness. And the funny thing about it is, I mean, most people, you don't want people to hear what you're saying. You take a look over your shoulder and you talk <laughs> quietly. But Jack takes it to a different level. We could be the only ones in the room. We could be the only ones standing in the yard, nobody else around. If he's getting ready to say something he doesn't want others to hear, despite the fact there's no one else around, he always looks over both shoulders and whispers and tells you what he needs to tell you. And uh, we refer to that as, you know, the Jack Miller social awareness. How old is Justin? Because I can tell you right now, he's just not old enough to realize he's been caught enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's been caught enough because you only get caught one good time before you fix that. Yes. And yeah, you will walk to the middle of the 50 yard line to have that conversation and there's nobody in Gushman. We're probably safe. Here. Yeah, that's right. Is there something that you would like to say about Jack that I did not ask? Go ahead, Justin. To be honest, the best part of Jack Miller is his wife, Mary. And, uh, you know, she may not be as broadly known in town as, as, as Jack is, but uh, if you really know the Millers, you know what a, a special person Mary is. She's a big part of the greatness of Jack Miller, and I know without a doubt he wouldn't argue with me. Microphone's yours. Tell him something you never told him before. Jack, I love you. My family loves you. Um, you know, thanks for being a great friend. guess I'd just like to end by saying, Wyatt Earp said to Doc Holliday in the movie Tombstone, not that you're in bed with your boots on dying of tuberculosis, <laughs> but thanks for always being there, Jack. Very nice, Justin. Thank you. My name is Neil MacDonald. I'm Vice Principal Athletic Director at Manteca High School. Jack is a very, very close family friend. I would call him the uncle to my children. I met Coach Miller in August of 2000 when I started at Manteca High School as... A football coach. Tell me about Neil MacDonald. Neil and his family are uh, very special to us. When he, when they first got here, uh, he was just starting out in teaching and coaching. And um, you know, I knew I knew that Neil was going to be something special uh, from the beginning. I mean, he he's extremely uh, sharp, uh, and he he added a lot to our coaching staff and. I know that, I mean, he's probably going to say that, you know, I helped him out in, in ways, but I got to tell you that. Don't I've, start cutting I've, off the past. Don't no. go around in front of everybody and start taking all the but glory I've, of making a tribute. I've learned, a, I've learned a ton uh, from Neil. And so we, we not only coach football together for uh, what, 13 years, but then we also coach baseball together for eight years as well. He's a Jack of all trades. He is. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I never did comedy. That's why I was a music DJ. How did I know Jack growing up? Strangely, Coach Miller coached against me when I was a senior in high school at Turlock High School. Coach Miller coached here at Manteca. That's our first encounter until 
what would have been about seven years later when I met him. What's true about him? I would say Jack is a guy that he's a man's man. He is a gentleman. He cares a lot about doing what's right. Very, very deliberate person. Attention to detail. A litany and plethora of wonderful things I have to say about <laughs> Coach Miller. Learned so much from, from him over the years as a really good friend, as a mentor, as a fellow coach, a father. You know, learned a lot about what it means to be a good dad and a good husband. Anytime there's a maybe a dirty-ish type joke, <laughs> Coach Miller plays dumb and pretends like he doesn't know or get it or anything like that. When we all know, he knows. He's one of those dudes, so... It's always pretty funny to tease him about. Is that true? Sure, it's true. Why? Yeah, I, They're it's... getting old in age, Coach. You just go ahead and laugh at the joke <laughs> once in a while. The dick joke can have humor to it. Uh, Ed, okay, but... I mean, go ahead. Put these guys at ease. <laughs> They're at ease, believe me. They're at ease. It's it's my way of trying to add a little humor as well. So <laughs> I think it works. Tell me something else. Whenever we're out to eat, yeah. it seems like he's the last guy to get his food. Um, we've coined the phrase, you got Jack Millard, <laughs> if you're the last person to get your food at a table. I thought that was my wife. I thought that you got Deneen. <laughs> you got Jack Millard. You I got to change it. You got Millard. Yep. You got to change that. Wow. Why is Jack Miller a treasure to Manteca? Tell Over me. the course of the last four decades, you know, been a pillar of the Four decades you know been a pillar of the city of manteca pillar of manteca high itself and pillar of manteca high athletics guys just amazing uh, another coined phrase about jack miller is what would jack miller do you're about ready to make a important decision i know i always vet it through what would jack miller do um, just because he seems to handle things with grace and with integrity and intention and purpose and uh yeah, just a dude that, you know, everyone knows who knows him. You're blessed to have him in your life. Jack is an uncle to my kids. He's the godfather of my son. Um, just a dude that I really, really cherish him being in our lives and, and being a friend. Thanksgiving is real close. Bring him over, tell him a dirty joke. Okay. <laughs> huh? And then tell him that's that's from the man about town. Uh, we, yeah. we, I think you just, you just, your mind's not in the gutter, so Google one. Okay. Okay, coach. Would you like to tell him something? You know, just love the guy like a brother. Um, sure, I've said all the stuff, um, but just can't reiterate it enough how blessed I feel to have him in my life and, and my family's life. And then, again, just learned so much of it from him over the years and had a lot of, had a lot of fun coaching with them and going on vacation with him, partying with him, all that sort of stuff. You know, the Hall of Famer, two-time Hall of Famer, City of Manteca and Manteca High School Hall of Famer, Jack Miller. I'm sure this podcast is going to be awesome, and I can't wait to hear it. How do I get my name on the wall at the Manteca High School? That's a who's who, and gosh darn it, I need the inside track on that. So I think you belong on there. Let's let's get the old bubster up on the wall. You also have some relationship coaching with Coach Eric Reese. He had some big shoes to fill. We had just won the section championship in 01. We knew we had a good team coming back, too, so the expectations were really high. I uh, feel very fortunate that uh, Eric asked me to be part of that team. Um, I'll tell you what, he does such a great job of building a coaching staff. I mean, I, I loved being part of that group. Eric, along with Neil and Justin and uh, another uh, teacher, Josh Ferris, and there's others, Dan Evanson. These guys, I, I think what they've done for me is as, as I got toward the end of my career, 
boy, they just revitalized me. I mean, I felt like a kid again. If I didn't have to shave in the morning, um, I'd have thought I was their age. I mean, they just just wrapped their arms around me and included me. And uh, what a shot in the arm for, for a veteran. It They're was, both here. I've got them both. Yeah. Hi, my name is Dan Evanson. Yeah. I'm a football coach at Manteca High School. And I had the pleasure of playing football for Coach Miller when I was in high school in 1984 and 1985. And also had the pleasure of coaching with him for 12 years, from 2002 through the 2013 season. I first met Coach Miller when I was in high school. He was a varsity football coach, and I had taken a history class actually next door to his class. Never had the pleasure of being in Coach Miller's class. Met him as he was a teacher and, and a football coach. And then I had the pleasure of uh, going to a, uh, a trip on the East Coast with Coach Miller. Um, he was one of the chaperones. Some of the students from Antigua High School, I think there was probably 10 or so of us, and grew some other high schools in the area, spent spring break of my junior year on the East Coast traveling. Um, I think we started in Boston and worked our way um, down through uh, New York and, and some other fun places and had, had a great, I think Philadelphia was part of the trip there too. And we had a great time to be around a, um, I guess, a history buff, not just a teacher, but a, a person that truly enjoys history. It was a lot of fun. So we had a we had a really good time. What do I know to be true about Coach Miller? Well, first of all, um, I only refer to him as Coach Miller. Coach uh, <laughs> is uh, a true gentleman and, and a man that's true to his word. Um, the words, uh, gentleman, Jack, there's a, I believe there's a beverage out there. That's who coach Miller is. He's a, he's a true gentleman. And it's not just with parents. It's with other people we would come across. So in my 12 years of coaching football with coach Miller, coach Reese, uh, when we got the headset set up probably in 2002, it costs extra to get an extra a headset, uh, connection. So to save a few bucks, I was up in the booth with Coach Miller. So I was literally tethered to Coach Miller. Um, they had arranged to make a splitter. So it had a, a one receiver box and it had two headphones coming out of it. So I could never be any further than about four feet from Coach Miller. We spent, like I said, 12 years um, together. So you get to, get to know some pretty well on uh, every Friday night for, for 12 years, uh, spending a lot of time together. He's also very positive, um, even in times when we, uh, you know, look like uh, the the deck was stacked against us and the Buffaloes might not be able to pull one out. He was always positive and, and, and saying, saying the, the right words to make sure that, Hey, we're going to make this, we're going to get this. We got to make this happen. Very, very positive. Of course, just a, a great person to be around for uh, probably the better part of 20 years. Now uh, the coaches, um, we get together and have breakfast once a week. And uh, I always look forward to, to seeing coach Miller and hearing from him. Uh, there's times I got to remind myself that, Hey, I'm sitting down and, and eating with Coach Miller once a week. He doesn't lie. No, no, no. Dan, he's, Dan, he's straight. Oh, uh, Dan. Uh, Dan is such a smart guy. Um, he, I'll tell you what. Uh, and any football coach out there knows what I'm talking about, and probably most people do too. But um, line coaches, people that coach the offensive and defensive line, are special people. Um, your your team's success or failure depends on those guys much more than the guys that like me that coach the running backs or whatever those guys i mean the the dudes up front win or lose football games for you and i'll tell you what you look at manteca's line over the last 20 years and 
Dan Evanson is a huge reason why Manteca has been successful. So one of the one of the things I'll always appreciate and uh, remember about Coach Miller. You really don't know what he's going to say. No, come on, <laughs> I don't. So one of the one of the things I'll always appreciate and uh, remember about Coach Miller being a man of his word on that on the. Uh, the school trip to the East Coast, um, uh, one of my uh, roommates and I, a guy by the name of John Flynn, we had gone to, a, the, as a big group, we had gone to a comedy club. And uh, on the way back, John and I decided to uh, stay at the club a little longer than everybody else and left the group behind, or made it so the group left us behind. Got to enjoy a little bit of the Boston nightlife. When we got back to the uh, hotel, probably an hour or two or more later. Coach Miller was waiting for us and he was not very happy. Um, we had probably broken a few of the local customs and possibly school district rules on our little uh, excursion. Coach Miller said he should be sending us home. So he should be calling our parents and putting us on a plane and sending us home. But instead he knew that we were decent enough young men, young people that um, he decided it would be better to uh, just have us uh, uh, behave ourselves the rest of the trip and uh, he wouldn't wouldn't turn us in and true to his word he did not tell anyone we actually shook hands and he, he called it a gentleman's agreement we're going to make a gentleman's agreement and we shook hands and we held up our end of the deal and he held up his his end of the deal and uh, that probably wouldn't have been a very good uh, plane ride home or a car ride home after that so kind of a funny story but talks a lot about his character he wasn't so much into punishment as much as what doing what was right you remember so I always it? appreciate that about coach now I do mm -hmm. yeah could have really screwed up both of their uh, whatevers. Yeah, I'm sure Bill Evanson wouldn't have want to heard that. <laughs> two, that two really good kids. Yeah, JP yeah. too. Right? Yo, yeah, for sure. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, good on you. That was nice. Something I'd like to tell Coach Miller. I've never told him. Yeah. I truly admire him. Just such a great man. I mean, he, he's a guy that that in every aspect of his life, he's he's a professional, a gentleman, uh, does the right thing, keeps us cool. You know, when when something's happening in my life whether it's a football thing or even a work thing or, or a family thing, I, I, I often think, you know, what would Coach Miller do here? And uh, um, that means that's, that's the right thing. What's the right thing to do? Truly, truly someone to admire. I, I appreciate his friendship. When my dad passed away, uh, I got this, this just great card, perfect card from Coach Miller, just talking about how much he appreciated, you know, my parents' friendship and, you know, that they had raised some, you know, pretty good kids and just appreciation of my, of my dad. And that uh, that card still rides around in my truck with me. I guess I feel kind of bad. I've never told him all these things, but I just appreciate him as a as a man, as a person, as a mentor. I'm very thankful every time I get to see him. I, I've always thought I'm the lucky one. And I know, it, I'm not sure how it sounds, but I think people in my position uh, who are fortunate enough to run into good folks like this. I mean, how lucky am I that I not only got to teach Dan, but then 20 years later, I get to coach with him for teach, a dozen coach then. And, and we're, we're really good friends, you know, and peer. Yeah. I, Oh yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he's just, and he, he has returned the favor more than, I mean, he, he gave my son, Kevin, a summer job when he got out of high school. And, you know, he's just, He's just a, uh, he's a wonderful guy. This is Eric Reese, former head football coach at Manteca High School. Hey, buddy. Um, in 2002, when I was named a head football coach, uh, my first call, my first hire was to uh, hire Jack Miller. Um, coach Miller was a guy uh, that had tremendous amount of respect um, of his players, his fellow coaches. Um, as me being, uh, he was one of the coaches when I was in high school and just everyone looked up to him, the kind of, character he had and just even on and off the field just he was 
such an intelligent guy, such a passion for the sport that uh, definitely knew that was someone that I, I like to surround myself with super smart, great people. And uh, that's why Jack was the first call. First call. Well, yeah, anybody could have called him, Antiki called you. Well, like I, I think I've already said, uh, the, the next 12 years were uh, one of the greatest rides professionally a person can have. I mean, we won uh, three section championships. We uh, threatened to win a few others. And more importantly, uh, I mean, it was it was fun to go to practice every day because I got to hang out with uh, great people as other coaches, but also the kids responded to Eric and responded to Dan and to Rick James and to uh, Ken Manasco. And, uh, you know, it was, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, it wasn't work. <laughs> it it sure. was, it was just a great group to be a part of and, and Eric made it possible. One coach Miller story was uh, his son, Sammy was our quarterback, um, Sammy's junior year. And we have a crosstown rivalry game going and, um, one of the things sometimes gets lost with Coach Miller because he has such class is just his competitiveness. He likes to win, and he wants to do his best at that. And during that, that rivalry game, his son Sammy was injured on the sideline. It looked like he had dislocated his thumb. So our trainer had looked at it and was like, you know what, I, I'm not going to replace it. I think he needs, he needs to go to the doctor or this and that. And Coach Miller's up in the box, put it back in place, put it back in place. And the trainer uh, wouldn't do it. And uh, when Coach went down the field, I believe it was halftime, and talked to her. She did not know that that was Sammy was Jack's kid. And she still didn't do it because Coach had always done such a great job of not playing favorites and actually probably being tougher on his boys than anyone else's that the trainer didn't even know that was Coach's son. So um, fortunately, we did win the game. And uh, Sammy had a phenomenal senior year, but he was done for that year. His thumb was broken in multiple places and Thank goodness we didn't pop it back in place. It would have made things worse. And Sammy went on to have a great baseball career at Nevada and stuff. So um, <laughs> good, good, funny story. Thanks, Eric. What does Jack Miller do for fun? What are his hobbies? What do you do nowadays? I would love to tell you I'm a voracious reader, but I don't read as much anymore. I still read a lot of books. Um, and the um, it doesn't matter what kind. I But, I, you know. Naturally, I like history books. Um, I read tons of stuff about sports, uh, but I like politics and I like probably NCIS, which oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that, sure. you know, but um, I do golf. I do, I do a ton of yard work um, when we can. I mean, Mary and I travel a little bit and we've been fortunate to be able to do that. Do you uh, speak foreign languages? I don't. Oh. And I, you know, it, I don't have a lot of regrets, but that's definitely one. I what would you like to say the population of Manteca students, athletes, well, peers, the uh, the mic is yours. You know, it, it's kind of funny uh, that uh, you know the the move to Manteca wasn't the original plan, uh, it, but it has turned out so well for me and the Miller family. Um, we've met so many great people and have so many great friends that um, I can't imagine life being any different. When people ask me where I'm from, I proudly tell them I'm from Manteca. This place has been, uh, it's been great to us. And um, I hope, you know, I hope that I've contributed a little bit, but I've been given back so much more. Questions or comments for the radio guy that came into your house and got loud? Uh, you know what? 
I got, I got to tell you, Aaron, I, I've enjoyed listening to, um, I haven't heard all of them yet, but I am going to, uh, God, to these podcasts. Pro- who would want to pollute I, their ear canals with a, with consistent I, hours of me interrupting people? I, I spread them out. I spread you them out. To. But, um, you know, I've learned things about people uh, that I've known for years that I, I had no clue. I had no idea. And uh, I, I find it really interesting uh, what you're doing. Plus, I thank you for being, uh, allowing me to be a part of it. No um, you know, hearing all these nice things, people say, I mean, how can a guy not feel, you know, uh, really good, really special as a result. So thank you very much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. That's this week's show. Thank you, Manteca, for the listens, shares, and follows. If you'd like to support the podcast or be a sponsor, it's easy to get a hold of us, mantecapodcast.com. Hit the envelope and send us a message. This is a podcast of Manteca's heavy hitters. You got a suggestion for me, someone I should feature? Hit me up. Aaron Goodwin, local radio DJ, Randy Bubba Black. I'm now retired, a product of Manteca High School. Go Buffaloes. This is the digital age. I do this show about my hometown to set an audio timeline. This podcast is sole property of myself. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without expressed written consent covered on the World Wide Web under fair usage. Add this podcast wherever you get yours. MantecaPodcast.com.